This episode of the Smoke Pit brought to you by the Nut Ruck by Arbor Arms. A tactical fanny pack for your nuts and your butts. Check them out at arborarms.com. Tell them the Smoke Pit sent you. Wah, 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 wah. Also check out combathomeover.com. Pomades and beard oils for your face and your hair. Use our discount code SMOKEPIT to save yourself some money at combathomeover.com. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. What up, though? Season 3 finale. Finally coming to an end. <laughs> yes. Uh, we can finally kill ourselves now. No, I joke. I joke. Do, do you really? Because I will go in your office, which is my office, and I will take all the guns. <laughs> also, because you have a gun exactly like mine, so that I'd be able to t- dual wield. Well, no, you, you told me a long time ago if I ever killed myself, you'd publish my browsing history, and that really cemented uh, the fact and my desire to want to live. Let's be clear. I said that I would look up really disgusting stuff, and by your definition of disgusting, that's pretty hor- horrific. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever you consider disgusting is just watering down. So actually, you're making me look better. No, no. But like, oh, look at all these terrible things he searched for. Then the day he killed himself, it seemed like he was on the right path again. No, I'm going to look at whatever you looked at. I'm going to find the worst BDSM, <laughs> like, furry, weird-ass, oh, no. terrible, nasty things. And I'm going to Google, I'm going to look all that stuff up. I'm not even going to go in incognito mode. Oh, right? you villain. I'm going to I'm gonna Google that shit like like grandma looking up what, whatever bukkake means for the first time because she saw it. Askjeeves.com. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go to fucking Lycos. I'm going to go to sellyourinformationtoeveryone.com. <laughs> I'm going to go to china.gov and be <laughs> like, here, don't worry about stealing it from OPM. You can just have this one. Brother man, brother man, that is a terrible thing. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me, Johnny Rico. Hey, all you have to do is stay alive, and you're good to go. <laughs> whoa, 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 no, no. All I have to do is not kill myself, all right? If I die in a freak accident. Well, that's the thing. Like, as long as it wasn't intentional, or as long as the accident wasn't a freak accident because you put yourself in a situation that would guarantee your own death. <laughs> like, if you're trying to do a death-defying stunt, the key to that is death defying if you fail at it right task failed successfully yeah (laughs) then then i won't count that okay if you're like well i'm not gonna put a bullet in my mouth but i am gonna step into this traffic (laughs) try to play you know hispanic frogger so uh point being is don't kill yourself don't do it (laughs) suicide's bad okay it is and if you didn't if you weren't convinced by that uh there was somebody Ralph Waldo Emerson. Has he been canceled yet? Can we still quote him? Ralph Waldo Emerson? Yeah. Uh isn't he dead? I hasn't think he, he is, but hasn't like, he been dead for a while? Yeah, but you know how it is. Like I don't you can't retroactively cancel somebody. Uh yeah, they've done that to a lot of people. <laughs> but point being, um, so his overall views may not reflect the uh views of the show, but however, he said to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. Do you know what George Bernard Shaw said? Where's my whiskey? He said, if you quit smoking, drinking, and having women in your life, you don't live longer. He just feels like you do. (laughs) And uh, Canadian and I believe Lebanese activist uh, Nejwa Zabian also also said, these mountains that you are carrying, you were only supposed to have climbed. Hmm. So that's all right. Give yourself a break. There's that, probably some things that you've been holding against yourself, not you, but the... Um, the editorial you. The editorial you, yes. That means you, the listener. <laughs> that you have been holding against yourself. Um, it's okay to set down your pack every once in a while. You know, you're required to do it when you're making movements and training just for the fact that uh, it helps you gain your stamina back. Hey, think of it this way, right? A machine gun team doesn't doesn't have one guy carry the gun and the ammo and the parts. Yeah. A mortar team doesn't carry have one guy carry the plate and the tube and the rounds. There's a reason they spread load that shit. Yeah, and uh, further evidence to uh, this kind and gentle nobleman's point, this learned doctor and scholar sitting across from me, uh, there's a reason why you don't fucking continue to fire a machine gun completely until the barrel melts. Erroneous. It's okay. I, I give that one ero- erroneous lightning bolt because <laughs> there are five. There, there are significant times when you should melt a machine gun barrel. Yeah, but generally speaking, especially when I'm trying to convince people not to kill themselves, Alexander. No, I'm saying they should live. <laughs> they should live because you never know the joy of the existential wonder of melting a machine gun barrel 
by firing so many bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But point being is that don't melt your barrels, guys. It's okay to give yourself a break, which is what we're doing. We're uh, we're taking a little bit of an end after this. We'll we'll probably post some fragos, uh, new concepts that we're working with, some short episodes, some bonus content. Uh, our last episode with uh, the Collins ran a bit longer, and we have some more content from that that we'll post periodically. Plus, we'll be around on Instagram and such for you to shoot us messages. Plus, we're going to start getting into TikTok here. Uh, we have at least one, if not two, accounts set up for that, so we'll send you that when it starts. And the Foxhole will be coming back this weekend. Yes. So, one of the moments that I believe I was probably closest to ending my own life was on my second deployment in Iraq. And uh, there, there are a lot of things that now looking back kind of seem funny, but were really fucking like hard and depressing when they happened, you know? Are you talking gallows humor kind of funny? Uh, a little bit of A, a little bit of column B. But one example is uh, we, we had been out, out on a patrol doing some sort of like overnight operation uh, in Iraq, AJ and I, and we were in different squads. But my squad had just come back and we'd been gone for a while. And I was like, all right, well, it's early in the morning. We got back kind of like right after... Uh, right as the sun was coming up. And so I go to the hygiene area. I take out a little fucking uh, that the blue Barbersol fucking shaving cream, the nope. standard issue care package. Right. You get it from the, the church group in the middle of Minnesota. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And I put shaving cream in my hand and I reached down and I picked up my razor. And so in one hand, I have my razor. The other hand, I have a handful of shaving cream. And that's a lot of shaving cream, ladies and gentlemen. He has a big face, like a big, glorious, bearded face. Wow. I just mean like you're a, you're a large bear of a man. So you're not like some very skinny, like Chauncey-esque sort of guy who would have like a tiny, tiny face. Like you need a <laughs> lot of shaving cream. Like it's not the amount that someone will not go to notice. Yeah, I'm standing there in boots and utes. So I'm just wearing my camo trousers, my boots. I have my green uh, skivvy shirt on. I have my uh, M16-203 rifle slung across my back. And I have shaving cream in one hand and a razor in the other. That's when I hear... Hey, devil. And my butthole puckered. Dun, dun, dun. I look over, and there is the company's first sergeant. And he is making movement to my position. Expeditiously. With intention. <laughs> with hostile intent. Yes. And he's like, why haven't you shaved your nasty face? And I look at the shaving cream <laughs> in one hand. I look at the, uh, the the razor in the other hand, and almost in like a shoulder shrugging motion, I kind of like bring them up closer to my face and towards him a little bit, like like almost like the please sir may I have some more kind of motion. I present these offerings to you, oh lord. <laughs> yes, the, you know the, these are my 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 two pennies. You know this is my tithing. You know, <laughs> and I, I I I couldn't even speak. I was so dumbfounded. Like I'm shit exhausted. We just been out doing ops. You know, all for the last day and a half. You know, taking positions, doing fucking three-hour sleep rotations, and I had the shaving cream in my hand. And this dude is like, "Why haven't you shaved your face?" And I'm like, "But, but, but that's literally what I'm doing right now." Like, you know, the best part of that story would have been if someone in the uh, in the distance who couldn't be seen right there, like some guy on post, was like, "Cause he's a turd." <laughs> and you'd be like, "You're gonna do push-ups till you die." <laughs> or if somebody else had been like, "He's a direct reflection of your leadership, first sergeant." <laughs> That Got would have him. Been death. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm like, I'm like holding these things up, and like this is my explanation. Like I'm literally about to shave my face. I'm in the hygiene area. This is supposed to be like the safe zone, you know? We don't do space safe spaces. You are always on the chopping block, right? The yeah. being in the Marine Corps is like being on a on one of those reality shows where people get eliminated every every week. Yeah. Only you never get safeties. <laughs> you are always about to get eliminated all the time. There is no rose that will keep you safe. You're like, oh, I got the totem. And they're like, great. That just means you can haze more. And you're like, I specifically requested the opposite of this. They're like, flip that over, devil. And I flip it over, and it's like the totem of hazing. <laughs> <laughs> On the back, it just says, duty. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, he's like, well, explain yourself. I'm like, first, Aaron, we we just got back from patrol we we'd been out all night and the day before and I'm, I'm i'm shaving now and he's just like i don't care devil dog you're supposed to have a clean shaven face at all times and you want to be an nco and and granted i was a lance corporal at the time and so the fact that he's like well you want to be an nco like the fact that i've been leading patrols is my second combat deployment that i'd received personal awards shot expert first class pft like none of that mattered right of course not because you were a filthy ragamuffin Right, you were you were a street urchin on the on the roads of Iraq who wandered into our our lines with your gun strapped on you, 
And you were like, he was like, I'm not having any of this street urchin fuckery in my base. Yeah, and it was a very small position too. Like uh, it was like a, a platoon reinforced. It was not very big. And he's like, "Where's your staff sergeant?" And you hear right here for a sergeant. <laughs> he's literally <laughs> standing like a foot away from you. He's on the other side of the hygiene area, getting water out of like the 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 little Hesco thing. You know, like you take like a small Hesco and everybody like dumps like the the bags of water in there. Yeah. So you kind of have like it's almost like the five dollar DVD bargain bin at Walmart, but with water bottles that have been BFA uh, BPA'd the fuck out of the sun. Like the labels are been sun bleached. Right. Like you're getting cancer just looking at them. <laughs> And so he's getting water out of that, and he's like, right here, First Sergeant, and he's just like, why isn't your Marine shaved? And he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it, First Sergeant. And First Sergeant storms off, and he looks at me, and he's like, shave your face. <laughs> you can hear, like, just the resignation in his voice. He's like, yes, I realize I work for a fucking idiot. Like, I, yes, I do realize how stupid this whole interaction just was. However, I am contractually obligated as your superior to say something, so I have. I will, I will point out that while we don't give away identities in these stories, that the individual in question, A, was probably just jealous because he was bald as like just as the way a baby comes out, just, just bald as a newborn. <laughs> and he saw those glorious locks and was like, I need to haze this bitch. Yeah. And so just like that. At the time, I was just like, wow, like everything that I had been doing up until this point, like apparently doesn't mean fuck all because the fact that, you know, your guys' company uh, protocols and guidance mandated that I be outside the wire long enough to get some fucking stubble. And it's not like I had a, a fucking two week beard. Like it wasn't like I was Marsock in the mountains, you know? Well, you know what they say? You build a thousand bridges and you're a bridge builder. Yep. You don't shave your face one time and you're a nasty goddamn piece of shit Marine. Fair enough. And so, like, at the time, like, I, I was just, like, so fucking demotivated by that, you know? Like, what the fuck do I really have to do to be considered a good Marine, you know? Brocephus, <laughs> this, is, this is not a one-up story, so I just want to start out by saying that. Okay. I was in Afghanistan, and my squad plus one, it was a, an engineer NCO, and my corpsman was an NCO, and so I had three vehicles on top of a hill... And there was, like, the only cover we had, they had brought up a, a scooper, and they'd scooped out, like, a trench that was about a two foot deep. And so we had a couple of uh, cots in there and, like, a piece of cami netting over it. And it wasn't the good cami netting. It was, like, the shit, like, this stuff we used for decoration on the walls of the studio in order to, like, baffle sound. We're in there. There's nowhere to go. Like, you, you can't go anywhere. Just three vehicles as our, as our posts, because we couldn't build posts, right? Yeah. So... I've got no use for an engineer, and I've got no use for a medic until someone gets hurt. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Flowers, or feathers, Corporal Feathers, that was his name. I said, Corporal Feathers, you're going to prepare the morning and evening UGREs. That way they get made and cleaned up expeditiously. That way there's no mess. Yes. Because we're in very small, like, if one person rolls over in the middle of the night, they're inside the lasagna. Like, that's just how (laughs) it's going to work. I was like, so you're going to make the food and distribute it and then clean it up when it's done. Okay, roger that, Sergeant. And I look over at the, the, the corpsman and I said, all right, you're going to supervise hygiene every morning, 08. Everyone's going to come over here and we're going to use the UGRE box, right? So it's a, a reasonably sized cardboard box with a, with a plastic bag in it. Everyone's going to spit their wastewater and their spit and their, you know, whatever, shaving cream will all go in the bag. Yeah. And then you take the whole thing, tie the bag up, huck it over the side of the mountain, right? Um, so this is going on. We are shaving every day. At some point, a gunny who did not want to go on this deployment because he saw the casualty numbers and faked a back injury. Yeah. Then all of a sudden was like, oh, I'm good to go. I'm coming out there. To which the XO, who never said a joke in his life, clowned on this dude for two weeks. <laughs> he shows up in an arm, armored vehicle with well, a bunch I mean, you, you and our buddy Harper had already slayed most of the bodies, so like it was safer now. That's fair. And, and Harper did his fair share of what I was about to do uh, like already at this point. So this dude shows up, this gunny shows up, and he's got his retinue, right? So all of his Marines. And he's just in a mobile section so he can just drive around and be useless. Yeah. He shows up. Has me walk out under from away the from out from behind the cover. We're standing alone and unafraid on this mountaintop in full view of the village below. And he starts chewing my ass about my Marines being nasty, which they were not because they were supervised and they did hygiene every day at zero eight. I said, Gunny, how would you like me in the space provided, in the confines provided, 
to perform this task in a more efficient or beneficial way. Yes. Like, like, okay, I accept that you're correcting me. So tell me how you'd like me to do it better. And this dude straight up. And by the way, the whole time he's talking, he's, he's talking, I'm like trying to like move slightly to the left. So we're doing this intricate dance that only I'm aware of that you're angling him in between you and the fucking village. Yes. I was using him (laughs) as a body cover because if he's going to be a a meat mountain anyway, he might as well be providing me with some, some physical cover. Yeah. So when something happens, somebody useful can do something. Were you taller than him? Uh, I was taller than him, but I figure with the angle, uh, right? Okay, with the yeah. angles, I'd be good. They'd have to be some pretty righteous shooting for them to fucking wanted bullet arc uh, something over him and hit you. Yeah, if they manage to shoot around him, then they they deserve it, right? Yeah, they, they deserve some Angelina Jolie titties, and that, that's it. 100%. So he, he says what they should do is they should unbuckle, they should put full gear on, stand out in the middle of the open, unbuckle their chin strap, Put shaving cream on, shave their face, brush their teeth, reaffix the chin strap, and then walk back undercover. And I said, you're out of your fucking mind. Court martial me. I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, And it's not because I was the kind of guy who would just tell authority to go fuck off. Usually I was very yeah. I was very diplomatic in the eye gunny and then let him leave and then just do what I was going to do anyway. Yeah. But again, the fuckery was so thick. <laughs> I was like, he just told me the stupidest thing I'd heard in like weeks. And I, and I had a, I had an NCO that drooled on himself when he talked and this dude was the dumbest thing that had happened to me all day. <laughs> so I was like, he, I was like, go fuck yourself. I'm not doing that. Look, God, I'm not saying that I want this individual to be shot, but like, if he takes some seven six two in the butt meat right now, like, I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, give him a wound that he can get a nice, pretty medal for, but I don't have to feel yeah. bad while I'm laughing as he goes down. Yeah, and then you could uh, tourniquet his buck cheek, you know, because we've <laughs> seen it, because because we've seen that attempted before. Yes, <laughs> but uh, no shit. And the thing that pissed me off about it was because a lot of times you're in a position and you're like trying to do the turn the map around thing and figure out where the enemy is going to hit you. So it's all hypothetical until the first round goes off. Yeah. we The day before we had gotten shot at, and it was the fastest I've ever run in my entire life, and I saw, like, piffs of smoke coming up behind my feet. And yep. this dude almost, or, or lady, you know, just lady Chechen snipers, like, I jumped on the back of this MATV and, like, grabbed, like, I jumped up on the running boards and I grabbed onto the windshield with one hand and the door handle with the other, and he almost took out one of my pinkies as I was like grabbing the thing. Yeah. Like I, I got spalling in my hands from the the round deflecting off the armor. So it's not like it was, you know, outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> like that's the day the fucking sniper decided to take off. Like really? Like bro, where were you when I needed you? <laughs> right? You couldn't come you couldn't hang around and finish the job the next day, get somebody with some black on his collar. Bro, I remember uh being at the position that we I was talking about in my story. And the uh, the lieutenant had been out on some sort of fucking um, leaders convention. You know, every once in a while, the fucking battalion commander wants to bring all the fucking staff and O uh, to the big base, you know, with all its security and maps and uh, hot chow. Uh-huh. And basically, you know, like tell them either how great they're doing or how terrible me as the PFC is because it's never their fault if things are going bad. It's always like the lowest guy in the totem pole's fault, you know? You always notice how the lower your rank is, the less tolerant anyone is of, like, fuck-ups. Like, the smallest little fuck-up... Rolls downhill, man. The smallest little fuck-up at a PFC gets his absolute shit pushed in. But, you know, first sergeant has a second family in Iowa and is doing all kinds of that shit and gets court-martialed for usury, and they're like, eh, just transfer him to a new command. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. He just he just needs another opportunity to get his get his mind right. So there I was. I was the corporal of the guard, and uh, our position had taken some contact, and it was it was harassing fire. Nobody got hurt. Some of the rounds were hitting the cami netting around the post, and yeah, it, it it wasn't anything anything new in the zoo. Like nothing we had experienced that much before. However, for whatever reason, the lieutenant had never happened to be around. Whenever any of us had gotten into some shit, I mean that that changed later on in the deployment. But like, as this you know brand new second lieutenant who's trying to get his dick wet and some fucking you know sweet delicious combat adrenaline, he wasn't there and the post took contact. Maybe ten minutes later, his convoy comes rolling up and he gets out and I I walk over there. I'm like, hey sir, uh, you know, d- did you get the word? And he's like, what word? And I was like, ah, 
Okay, so this is on me. All right, so I, I got to be the one to explain. Okay. Whew. Like so, Peter uh, Griffin in the church where he's <laughs> like, the, the they're getting married and the guy goes, uh, speak now, forever hold your peace. And he goes, really? I'm going to be have to be the one that says it. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, sir, well, we called it in. But just so you're aware, like maybe 10 minutes ago, we took some contact and his eyes got the size of silver dollars. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, we were taking some harassing fire and he's gone. <laughs> he bolts to the fucking ladder, uh, the, 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 the stairwell that led up to the top of the compound that we had uh, borrowed uh, from a, a local Iraqi. Uh, very generous compensation, if I might add. And he goes onto the post and he is grilling the fucking dude that is up there. And the funny thing was, is that the guy that was up there was one of the most trigger happy Marines that I had ever met in my entire life. This is the guy that carried the 100-round Beta C mag in his fucking M16. <laughs> that that dude would shoot at literally anything. Like, Honor, so, yeah. The only thing he didn't shoot at is rats, and that's because he felt a special kinship with them. <laughs> and uh, on our first deployment, yeah, he, ha- he had that fucking uh, Beta C mag, and like we took contact, and I, I don't even think that they returned fire. They were just like, well, we can't see where it's coming from, and we can't identify positively, you know, Lit, all that stuff so we're just we're just gonna hold tight until we can see muzzle flashes or we start taking more accurate fire like albeit like very composed under fire literally you know and so like the the funny thing was is that this was the most trigger happy marine that was on post and he goes up there and he's grilling him and like this dude is just like he's like yeah it it, it wasn't worth returning fire like and like this guy is saying it you know <laughs> And he was just absolutely furious that we didn't return fire. And I'm like, well, I, I, I don't know what you want us to do. Like, I'm sure if you wait around a little bit, there's probably a chance that, like... As Samuel L. Jackson once said, waste the motherfuckers. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, if you want, we could have, you know, the the interpreter who we were all convinced was actually a double agent. You know, he can call his fucking Al-Qaeda homeboys and have them shoot at the post again. Like, if that's what <laughs> you want. Like, I, I, I don't know what you want from me, sir. And he was just so mad. I'm like, dude, like... Aren't you just glad that none of your Marines died? Like, like I, I get that you want some action, but, like, dude, really? Like, bro, nobody likes it when you're that thirsty. <laughs> like, that everyone can smell it on you. Like, just chill out. Yeah, so point being is that there were a lot of things that, uh, at the time, kind of leave you dumbfounded. And I don't know if we'll feel this way about uh, this specific instance in the future, but... Recently, it was just announced that the Army will be doing away with uh, the shark attack uh, technique for their infantry uh, boot camp. You know, I got to tell you, in all my years, I've never heard it called that until they decided to stop having it. Like, I knew of the technique because obviously... That was just a Tuesday in the Marine Corps. Right. In the the Marine Corps, we had, in my battalion, we had four drill instructors as standard. And at some point, for like two weeks, they brought in three additional ones that were trainees. Yeah. Which means they were twice as obnoxious because they had something to prove. Again, thirsty. Right. They were thirsty as hell. So now you got seven drill instructors. So like you'll be standing online and one guy like just has like the anxious fart, right? Yeah. Just that squeaker. That's, Breep. And it was like his world was coming to an end. Yeah. It's like imagine you're uh, Piper Perry. <laughs> And you know you have the the five gentlemen who's standing around you, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking shit show as it is. Like like you're about to get thrashed, and then they bring in like three more guys who this is their first scene, and so they're like really fucking wanting to like go to Pound Town, you know? Like damn man, <laughs> like there was a there's a Terminal Lance cartoon where they're showing this right the the how the the shark attack works, and you got one drill instructor on one side, one drill instructor on the other. The other one comes from the front. And then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, another one comes from the top. And like you're just like... Vertically descended like Spider-Man. Yeah, the shit looks ridiculous. But I was actually telling this this story from boot camp today because I got a guy in my unit that's... Uh, he went to boot camp 30 years ago and we were trying to talk about this other thing with Paris Island that we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, I, I had told him, I said, I had this one drill instructor, uh, Sergeant Bustle. And Sergeant Bustle looked like... Nosferatu, like the back in the day vampire, like the 1920s version, very skeletal. Like his skin was pulled tight to the uh, to an alarming degree. He had these huge fangs, and like every time he like he was the kind of guy. If you'd ever read The Witcher, when they describe Geralt smiling, it's always like you know he was smiling, but it was like this ugly sort of smile. Like yeah. you know there was like some devious shit going on in his brain, malicious intent, right? And I would see this motherfucker. I watched him one time knife hand a kid, 
the drone instructor is standing up. The the kid is sitting down on his butt in the yeah. You told us in the uh, the Laura story. That's yeah. right in the Laura story. This is exactly what we're talking about. He knife handed this kid from underneath, but he was standing up, and somehow it was still threatening, despite how comical the fucking stance had to be. Yeah, because because Bustle was not a short man, so it's like that. It, there's a lot of creativity that goes into that. Oh, for sure. And so our our good friend Rich High uh, from Angry Cops. Uh, he's been on the show before, and you probably know him from his YouTube and uh, social media videos that get you know, hundreds of thousands of views. But he uh, he he had a, a nine minute rant about this where I, I don't think he took a breath the entire time. <laughs> but well, that's uh, kind of par for the course for him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's very good at what he does. And so I'm going to play a little bit of a clip of what he said. Hopefully this comes through. My bus, get in formation, shark attack, listen up, prick those ears and pay attention. I ask you this, would you have been as tough and rangerific airborne expert infantry qualified if you didn't have some NCOs or drill sergeants that got in your grill and jacked you up when you were wrong? I bet you wouldn't be, but you know what? There's softies like you that say, I made it through and it was rough and it made me awesome. But maybe if I give everybody a chance and a participation trophy, they can be as great as me. Not... Everybody is made for the military. Wow. He really hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, he's not wrong. Like, if you, if you, if, first of all, we've all got that civilian friend that was like, I would have joined the military, but the first time a drill instructor talked to me like that, I would have hit him. But, like, first of all, bitch, you have a complete misunderstanding. Like, disabuse yourself of the notion that you have any idea what the fuck you're talking about. And what's really weird is that, like, I've never seen uh, a drill instructor lose a fist fight, though. Like there were a few case instances where, like, the the, the DI went fisticuffs with uh, with a, with a mouthy uh, recruit or something. But I don't know if it's like old man strength or like if they get fucking steroids or if whatever the case is. But like, I have never seen a drill instructor in boot camp. I never saw I never saw one lose a fight. I never like, saw a fat drill instructor. I never saw a drill instructor that wasn't like just like blam right i had a the senior drill instructor i don't know if i told the story on the show before i had a senior drill instructor one time for the for the platoon below us and he was like six five and probably about five percent body fat like yeah it was weird it was like you either had the biggest motherfucker or the meanest motherfucker and the meanest motherfucker were usually the smaller ones yeah but this dude was six five he was five percent body fat he was like 250 pounds of fatless black steel like, this dude, his very presence was an affront, right? <laughs> so, when when you're in boot camp and a senior and any drill instructor comes on deck, you're supposed to immediately call the platoon to attention and then identify that the drill instructor is there, right? It's a sign of respect. Yeah. So, I saw this dude coming out of the corner of my eye, and the amount of step it took to go to the position of attention took him out of my eye line because I, st- I stopped behind a wall. Yeah. So, I did not see... The black leather belt denoting his rank as a senior drill instructor. Yeah, which so, <laughs> so which is I'm, you're gonna see this is a bad idea. So I said drill instructor on deck. He comes around the corner and he takes his black belt off and he puts it in a loop like a dad about to beat the crap out of his kid. And he starts just gently whapping me with the fucking loop of the belt in the forehead. And he goes, "Hey, motherfucker." What color is this belt? And I was like, black, sir. He goes, what color is my beautiful ass? I was like, assumedly black, sir. <laughs> Which he did not take the assumedly well. But he's sitting there whacking me with this thing, right? And I was like, and he like goes. Like you were Piper Perry in right. this instance. <laughs> yes, I was Piper Perry in that instance because I am very white. And so he's whapping the crap out of me with this thing. And he's not hitting me hard, but it's like the repetitive nature of it starts yeah. to hurt. And so like he, the lesson is learned. He tells me to go fuck myself. I say, I, sir, and I go off to fuck myself. <laughs> Seven years later, I'm at Quantico. This dude takes over at some kind of fucking post over by... Well, he wasn't in supply, but that building that was right next to it or whatever. Yeah. And I... How the fuck do you remember people like that? Like, that was a five-second interaction over a 30-year career or however long it was. Oh, he thought you had a pretty mouth. That dude saw me from, like, 50 yards away. I was at this... that I was a, a recruit at that time. Now I am a sergeant. You, I, you fought You fought in Iraq. <laughs> I, I've, I've been in, like, two and a half wars. I'm, like, svelte. I'm an instructor. I'm walking with... A malicious intent and that instructor <laughs> energy going to chew some ass and I see him 
I said, and I see him, and I recogn- I recognize him immediately because I was the one getting pelted with the belt. Yeah. Right. And so I see him out of the corner of my eye, and I know who he is. And I said, I said, good afternoon, Master Sergeant. And he goes, what color is my beautiful black ass? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Bro, that that is that that is one of those few interactions that are really hard to like uh, like explain in full context to somebody who doesn't understand, right? And like at the time, like the second time I saw him, like we were both Marines, yeah. right? So that kind of interaction was funny. The first time he did it, the whole time he's whapping me with that belt, I'm like, it is like one comment, like one text message from his wife. Or one errant word from his superior officer, yeah. and I'm getting the I'm getting the Tom Tucker and the Jack Johnson right. <laughs> the he's be like he's be like you know what you can have these hands. Bliat. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like ah suka bliat, and then I'm on the <laughs> ground, just done. So if it was a uh, recruit from another platoon that uh, came into your squad bay for whatever reason, sometimes you know the the drill instructors would send messages or uh, you know through recruit carrier. Uh, generally, you would say uh, spy on deck. So uh, this was to indicate like that the fact like, okay, yeah, sure, like we're all supposed to be in the, you know, the gun club together, but you know that you're starting to build unit loyalty. like the the lowest level of, of loyalty is like you and your fire team, then then your loyalty lies to your squad. So if it's like if you and someone else get into like a, a disagreement and they're in your squad, but they're not in your fire team, it's like, fuck you. But then if somebody from another squad gets into a disagreement, it's like, fuck you. Even if it's against the guy that you were just arguing with earlier. Well, here's a good example of that, too, is like if you're a Marine, you get to haze the Navy and you get to make jokes about the Air Force. Right. But like I have a coworker who is Air Force. Yeah. And I get to talk shit because he's in he's in my circle. Right. We're like we're all veterans. So whenever some firefighter is like, ah, fucking Air Force, I'll be like, shut your mouth. Shut, shut your fucking dirty whore mouth. Why don't you right? choke yourself with a hose? Right. <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> Why don't you go start a fire? So Yeah, because most fires are started by firemen. I was like, you fucking arsonist. Like, I looked at one the other day. I was like, hey, hey, hey. And he turned around and looked at me. I was like, don't go start any fires today. I got, I got shit to do. I got places to be. But, yeah, so, like, one of the firefighters will say something about, about my buddy. And I'll be like, hey, you don't, don't you fucking talk to him. And then, like, the same breath, I turn around. I was like. Hey, you know, maybe if your Air Force wasn't so fucking weak, you could get clapbacks on your own and I wouldn't have to guard you. <laughs> so this recruit was like spy on deck, but it wasn't a recruit. It was a drill instructor. And I don't think I've seen somebody leave their feet faster than I saw this individual. <laughs> like they they weren't immediately right next to the door. So like the, the, the way that he was able to close the distance and destroy his enemy with extreme prejudice. He's going for distance. He's, He's going, going for, for speed. speed. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not all alone because now he had that drill instructor on top of him. And now ours started coming out of the, the hut hearing the commotion. And they were like, oh, good. Some ass oh, to kick. Good. Oh, fucking good. So it was a, a very life-changing experience to spend three months in South Carolina in Paris Island. But the Marine Corps recently announced that they may do away with both coast training facilities and consolidate to one centralized facility because of the integration act uh, in, uh, integration. integration yeah the integration act that um, our government has passed saying that uh, we have to incorporate uh, male and female training and so the marine corps thinking that it would be cheaper just to build a brand new whole ass facility instead of renovating the ones that we have well, there's two things. One, uh, black mold apparently is not enough to be worth renovating. Yeah. Or, you know, dirty water. So I applaud the decision to bother to spend money to make sure that it's not like, you know, granted, we're all looking forward to a Starship Troopers-esque future where everybody just showers together and nobody makes a fucking production about it. But until that happens, right, I understand what they're talking about. They're saying we could retrofit all of these facilities to efficiently allow for integration yeah or we could spend half of that money building an entirely new base so what do you what do you think of that do you think it's a good idea do you think it's a bad idea uh well i'm half and half like you got you got guys like uh any old timer and i guess we're we're rapidly approaching the old timer status that'll say you know paris island is a very venerable institution it's been around forever that's where i went that's where other people have gone 
for years and years and years. It's part of the Marine Corps history, and the Marines' history is what makes us, it's one of the things that sets us apart and makes us unique. On the other side of the coin, you know, it's, uh, as TikTok vi- uh, videos will tell you, it's time to normalize some things, right? The, the reason why we have trouble I, accepting the idea of having women in the infantry is because we haven't, right? Or not just infantry, everything. So in 50 years, when women have been in all of the MOSs uh, that are available just as their male counterparts have, nobody's going to think it's weird. Like you just show up to boot camp, and there's going to be like 20 girls in your platoon, and you'd be like, okay, that's not weird. That's exactly what I've been seeing on the movies for the last 20 years. So anything yeah. that goes forward saves the taxpayer money and goes forward with integration, I think is a positive. It's just if they're going to do that, they need to find another use for Paris Island. Yeah, because right now we uh, we kind of split the country by the uh, the Mississippi. If you get recruited east of the Mississippi, you get sent to Paris Island, and west of the Mississippi, you get sent to San Diego. Yeah, and, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, so I, 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 could, I could see the merit in that. I think that um, if we were going to build a whole new ass facility, I'm very curious to as to where we would put it. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Right? So if you're west coast, you've got all those mountains. If you're East Coast, you've got sand fleas and the threat of gator death. And uh, humidity. And humidity. Yeah. So wherever they need to, whenever they do it, it doesn't matter if they have it naturally or if they need to import it, but they need to have mountains. <laughs> imported And sand fleas and gator death and humidity. And humidity. Yeah. Um, so my, my first um, idea of like if I could establish any proving ground to train the world's finest fighting force, the United States Marines... Uh, it would probably be Florida because I mean you already have most of what you what you just uh, indicated, but Florida we we really don't have any mountains. Um, uh, anything over twenty feet of ele- uh, elevation, which would just be a hill in most places, is a mountain to us. Oh yeah, the the highest point in New Orleans is is called Monkey Hill and it's thirty three feet. Thirty three feet, and it's a gentle slope. <laughs> like you would you'd be like, wow, this is a very curvaceous slope. <laughs> Um, the, the, well, the problem with Florida is hurricanes, right? Well, yeah. Because even in, even in South Carolina, when we went to Paris Island, there was a couple times where we almost got evac'd because of hurricanes. Yeah. So you need some place where you're not going to get a lot of hurricanes. Yeah, and last year they, um, they, they moved uh, people from uh, Fort Jackson and Paris Island because of how bad the hurricanes were about this time. Or, flip side of the coin, yeah. we want it in Florida because we want more hurricanes. Yeah, I could see that. Because instead of evacuating, I remember somebody once saying, if it ain't raining, we ain't training. So get your ass in the hurricane and let's do this. So when my uh, when, when my uh, father immigrated from Canada as a young man, uh, his family moved to Detroit, which is a very interesting choice uh, going from uh, the, the almost uh, fantasy novel-esque country that is Canada to the fear-blasted hellscape that is RoboCop 2. Yeah, so like, I, I I guess I could see kind of the merit. Like, you take all of these like um you know these corn fed kids from Nebraska or whatever, and you just drop them off in the worst neighborhood in Detroit, and then you just send the seven ton down there three months later, and whoever made it, it's like, all right, cool, you're a Marine. Like, here's your title. <laughs> I heard a I heard a story. You're gonna get weapons training. <laughs> so I heard a story today, and I I want to kind of put this out there, and I don't know if this fits with the with the theme, but uh, because you mentioned just leaving people out there. So I don't know a lot about Army Cav Scouts, and one of the Marines in my group made a joke, and I love it, and he says, do you know why Cav Scouts wear spurs? It's so that they don't squat too far down when they pee. Wow. Which cracked me the fuck up. Wow. You but really it, came for them, didn't he? But in response to this joke, I said, you know, in all fairness, every time I think, every every time my buddy says he was a Cav Scout, I have a picture of him in his spurs and his uh, Stetson, and he's on top of a horse. But it's like those photos you see of Putin on the bear with like no shirt and they oil him up so there's all glistening because I figure that's how the army is. Um, <laughs> see, I get to talk smack because they're my brothers uh, and sisters. So um, he told me the only time he ever got to actually use a horse was to get the spurs because that's like a ceremonial thing they do. They yeah. have to walk a horse for 10 miles. They don't even get to ride the horse. Wow. The horse outranks them because every animal in the military outranks its handler, right? Yep. So you have this, this fucking giant shit beast that's just looking at you like, fuck you, man. 
They had to walk him completely around the base, 10 miles. And apparently there was an instructor that was on a horse. And every time one of the horses would take a shit, he'd be like, hey, hey, private, that horse just told you uh, exactly where you rank. And I was like, <laughs> damn. Apparently one kid got kicked by his horse because he was uh, getting frustrated with the horse and tried to, like, smack him. And so the horse, like, just fucking Hayaka bleated this kid across the fucking way. <laughs> like, broke one rib, cracked another. The kid had to, like, wrap his hand into the bridle and, like, tie himself to the horse and have the horse drag him so he wouldn't quit. But, like, that's pretty intense. And all you're getting is a couple of, a couple of uh, you know, don't squat that far indicators on your feet. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a calf scout, uh, don't at me. But my point is, if you're going to have a new boot camp location, and this goes for any service, you have a new boot camp location, you have to have it somewhere miserable because that's half of the thing, right? So if you're going to put it somewhere, you can't put it like in the Midwest where it's like, you know, gentle temperatures and like you get like a little bit of a breeze from the great golden plains or any of that stuff. No, you have to put it in the meth capital of the world, which is Florida, <laughs> or you have to put it somewhere like really shitty. Like I'd be perfectly happy if they didn't even have it in the United States, like fly them to like the Gobi Desert. <coughs> That's but also, intense. but also import the alligators. Like they'd be, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, it's the Gobi Desert. There's no possibility." Of, oh God, there's alligators. Oh man, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's. Maybe we could take them to a country like Egypt that already has like crocodiles, you know, because that kind of brutal terrain, you know. Brother man, look at me. Read my lips. Alligators. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there there was a story of a uh, a calf scout. I. Might have this wrong, but I think his name was uh, Robert uh, McGee, and um, he uh, was a cavalry scout when you know, America was you know, trying to manifest its destiny, if you will. And this dude had been shot twice. He had been uh, with bullets, and then he had been shot uh, two to three times with arrows, and then scalped alive, and he survived. And it's just like, damn. That's, and this dude survived. That's pretty hard. That that I, I I don't know, man. Like I don't I don't think I'd make fun of him for wearing a Stetson because like I'm looking at his picture now, and like even as like a grown ass man, like you see like the back of his head's all fucked up with like 1860 some odd sutures. In you know? fairness, I didn't make a joke about the Stetsons. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to alienate our Texas audience. Yeah, and uh, so like, <laughs> I, I I could see him wearing one of those hats. Maybe that was one of those things where like he always felt bad about that, so he was always wearing his hat, and because that's how their seniors did it, like his boots were like, well, yeah, the, he had the brim that was down here on his head, yeah, but then the, the Stetson's got all that extra space inside, so he get a little bit of a breeze on his scalped area. Yeah, it, it's the pictures are pretty fucking gnarly, but just just one thing though, I think I'd be more pissed off about getting shot with an arrow. Than with a bullet. Like a bullet's a tiny little thing and it hurts like fuck. And I imagine like if you weren't wearing armor, it would hurt even more like fuck. Yeah. But like the arrow is not only it's you're not just feeling the pain, you see this thing sticking the fuck out of you. Like it's just like like a big a big fuck you sticking out of your chest. Yeah. Like a bullet's made in a factory. Somebody sat there with that arrow. And they made the shaft out of some wood. They like smoothed it out perfectly. They like yeah. you know punched a goose to get the right feathers, <laughs> right? Like so they they attacked your mortal enemy in order to procure the the flight the 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 the, the fins yeah. for this thing to make sure the flight was stabilized. Bro, that's like when uh fucking old boy killed Medusa and able to, in order to take down the Titan, like. You have to kill something also dangerous in order to take you down. Maybe that's why they're going for old McGee. <laughs> they're like, I'm gonna need, uh, I'm gonna need his scalp in order to take down this worst predator. Like, yeah. who do they need to fling Robert McGee's scalp at in order to kill? Yeah, what kind of fucking mountain deity was like just uh, had enough of everybody's shit and was gonna end of the world? And they're like, all right, we, we first we have to kill a goose, and if that's your starting eight, like that's your beginner's quest. <laughs> like, <laughs> if your if your starting energy right out of the vault is go kill this goose for its feathers. Yeah, because we all know geese are like Hydra. Like, you cut off one head and two more come back. Yeah, you shoot one goose in the face and 18 more geese came out of the woodwork with shotguns. <laughs> so, anything else you want to cover before we uh, we sign off for the season? Hmm. Well. Well, uh, while why you're, why you're thinking, I, I do have one saved round, but I wanted to give you the opportunity because I know you're old and 
you you need some time to think. Right, which means you shouldn't put me on the spot, right? <laughs> My dementia might kick in and I say something inappropriate. So why uh, why he is uh, starting his brain like a, like a gas lawnmower <laughs> that hasn't been used in two years? Hey, you know the old joke about that, right? What's that? You get a couple guys trying to start the lawnmower and then you get you get your boss to do it and when it starts up immediately you go all oh, it needed was a big jerk. Uh, <laughs> that was a that was a boy scout skit from when I was 6. <laughs> You're welcome, dad. So, uh we have been covering a lot of the toxic exposure um battle because uh for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, a lot of military personnel and contractors were exposed to just a metric fuck ton of poisons and chemicals and metals in the air from the trash that we would burn. And it's it's a big whole thing. You know, we have a we have a whole episode dedicated to it. But um, they had a, a House subcommittee, which uh, basically it's a, a group of congressmen, and they also have one for the Senate. But they deal with things that are uh, focused basically like on the military and veterans and stuff like that. And they have several different ones. But anyways, they're holding a, a hearing, and they brought some uh, members of the Department of Veterans Affairs to testify. And one person was up there and she was kind of giving her spiel and stuff. And then uh, Congressman Ruiz, who's actually the congressman for uh, Palm Springs, the, the the big city right outside of 29 Palms. And this dude, he's an emergency medicine doctor. Like, this dude knows his shit. And he just fucking roasted them. Uh, he was just like, hey, so would you burn trash in your backyard consistently around your family? And the representative from the VA was like, no, I would not. And he was like, correct. <laughs> Not only like, oh, that's your opinion. Like, no, that that, that is a fact because not only could, would you not do that morally, but it's actually been illegal in America since 1979. And then he also went on to embarrass them about the fact that their website uh, says that there is no link between chronic maladies and toxic exposure from burn pits. And then he cited like five different studies from like learned doctors and scholars saying that yes indeed there is uh, not only a link but a decisive link and also like the fact that you wouldn't burn trash consistently around your family and your kids so like how how are we not acknowledging the fact that that was a bad thing for us to do to our our troops something john stewart said that that stuck with me is a yeah we got to see him again he's pretty cool yeah man you, you figure and I, I know a lot of people say oh he's just a comedian but during his time, during his tenure at The Daily Show, they did a study and they figured out that people who watched The Daily Show, which was not a news program, but a comedy organization that like used the news as topical humor, people who watched The Daily Show were statistically more uh, informed about what was going on in the world than people who watched actual news programs. Yeah, so what do you have to say? So one of the things he said is it's not about politics. It's, or it's not about um the legislation it's about the money yeah it's not that they don't it is that they don't care it's that they don't have the money he said i could sit there and i can have a hundred testimonials from a hundred soldiers from a hundred families and they're not going to move not because uh there's not support for the military in the popular view it's because they don't want to shave the money off of something else and when he said it he immediately rattled off like five things they could do. He's like, if we took 5% off the OCO fund, the Overseas Contingency Fund, yeah, right? 5% off the OCO fund, there, done, funded. If the F-35 program, which has turned out to be the most expensive boondoggle in military in American military history, or ever, oh, yeah, uh, any, ever, any, it's the most expensive project ever. Bro, if Leonidas would have had a fraction of that budget, like we might have not had that awesome Frank Miller movie. I mean, that's the thing, too. But he said, if we're supposed to get 2,500 planes out of uh, some some trillions of dollars, right? 2,500 planes. Yeah, we're at several hundred billion dollars right now. And then over the life of the project, we're supposed to be at like 1.35 trillion. Right. Uh, don't quote me. And there's the thing is there's three different variations. And they just released a report recently that said in the type of war we're looking at fighting next, like the next war on the horizon, they're not even going to be any fucking use because they're not designed to go long range. And we're going to need them to do that, right? So the design for the F-35 was was some the, the design project started in 1999. We're only just now getting the planes. They said instead of ordering 2,500, order 2,000 of them. You still get 2,000 planes that are going to be obsolete soon, but at least now you have the 5,000 plane or the five uh, the 500 planes you didn't buy. Guess what? Now the program's funded. Yeah. So. If you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, we got to look at studies and we don't have the data and bullshit. First of all, fuck you. You don't have the data because you didn't collect it because you gave immunity 
to all these contracting agencies so they could go over there and do whatever the fuck they wanted. If you got the money for the war, you need to have the money for the consequences for the war. Yep, there's always money for war, but there's never money for the warfighter. And and it's it's sick. It's disgusting. So, uh, now that you've had some time to idle, uh, what's on your mind? Now you got me heated about the toxic exposure bill, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I get that war boner. I, I, uh, oh, man. I, what's I on your mind? Anything you want to cover before we get out of here? Because it's going to be a while before we're sitting in these seats again. It, it really is. And I, I don't want to end the show on a downer. So I, I think the, the real takeaway is um, we're going to have lots of little bits of programming coming to you throughout the break. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep in touch with us. Let us know what's going on. File for your benefits, whether it be disability, GI Bill, whatever the case is. The, we have fought so hard to be able to you know, get a, a crumb of federal funding pussy <laughs> to that, fall from the table. That's a big thing. And that's yeah. one of those things where don't be one of those guys. Like if, you're, if your friend got their arm blown off and so you're like, well, my back hurts all the time because I have, I have this like sciatic nerve damage. But I watched my buddy get his arm blown off. So how am I going to sit there and be like, oh, I need compensation? No, fuck that. Because... Yeah, he got his arm blown off, and he's getting taken care of, which is if he should be, right? Yeah. And if they're not taking care of him, tell me, and I'll fucking handle it, because I got nothing to do but just spit piss and vinegar, <laughs> right? But if if you if you have an injury and you need compensation, go get your fucking compensation. Yep. It's it's they you gave your body to the government. You were the government's hoe. Yep. For X period of time, <laughs> right? Now you need your benefits. Yep, uh, vets. Uh, I love talking shit about females who get out and start an OnlyFans, but then they got military veteran in their bio, right? I'm like, you know what? Go for that hustle. It's not even a hustle. You earn that money, right? Yeah. Like, ugh, again, I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> All right, so everybody, take care. Uh, reach out to each other. Um, educate yourself on what resources are out there. Not only so that way you can help your buddy out if they're in a low place, but then also you'll have more tools in your tool belts to keep yourself alive. Don't let stress and don't let pride overwhelm you. Whenever we do firearms instruction, I tell everybody the two things that fuck you up the most in the firing line is not enough confidence and an overabundance of confidence, right? <laughs> like if you think you're too good for school, if you're too cool for school, you're going to fuck it up because you don't follow the fundamentals. Yeah. So if you need to fucking hand off some of your shit to, to one of your buddies in your squad so they can carry the weight for a while so you can get your shit right and fix your pack, then do it. There's no set. There's, there's no fucking uh, harm in that. Bye. Bye.